Welcome to Dig It. This is the speaker. I'm here with my two lovely ladies, as per usual, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. Hello, girls. How are we doing? Hey there. Glad to have you back. Glad to have I you know. back. Happy it's, New uh, Year. It's been a couple weeks since I've been on the show. Um, and then prior to that, I have missed, missed a few throughout the year. It's um, just explain my situation a little bit at the start before we get into to this uh it's just been a really tough year for me juggling a lot of things around a lot of unsuspecting things have happened in my life as well so it has been hard it's not that i haven't wanted to be here and i've extremely missed being with the girls and being with all of you and doing this so uh from from the start of this year because this is our new year's podcast i missed the christmas one which i feel terrible about but um just yeah, life's come at me a little bit hard, but that's okay. We're dealing with it. We're getting around it. And hopefully this year I uh, can start streamlining this again and start being back uh, usual. So, yeah, it just ah. feels good to be back. I missed it. Awesome. Good to have you <laughs> back, bud. And um, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, so hmm. we're going to go into Corey's uh, latest report on the 2030 Psychological Agenda. Uh, the Ghislaine Maxwell conviction, Prince, uh, the Prince Andrew civil case, and a video that Edge and I did the other day, just a quick one that we put together quickly on uh, PSYOPs, NASA, priests, and aliens, which is an interesting topic. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> especially for Edge oh, and I, yeah, well that. considering our differences in religious views and stuff like that. So it was interesting to try to find middle ground there as well. <laughs> but um, what are we going into first, ladies? Well, yeah, I think you guys should roll all that out before we get into mine because we intentionally skipped covering mine last week because we wanted it to be more of a motivational, inspirational, good one on Christmas Eve. So we actually have parts two, three, and four of mine that I'll have to ramble on. So let's make sure we cover these other points first. Okie dokie. So yeah, we put out a vid um, this week over on Hive Mind. And yeah, interesting topic. Um, I think that they're losing control of the narrative and they're putting some feelers out for new narratives to drive the public with fear, right? So this is one of them, um, I think, but definitely not the first card they're planning on playing. Um, Headline, wait, are we on the NASA site? I can't see the URL. No, no. What what are we on? This is Gateway Pundit's article. There were several articles published on this. But apparently back in 2015, NASA commissioned this think tank, this theological uh, think tank called the Center for Theological Inquiry, uh, commissioned them, gave them $1.1 million for these 24 religious experts, including priests, to determine how humans would, to assess how humans would react to the discovery (laughs) of aliens and also to come up with an advice on how to quell civil unrest upon the revelation. So we talked Um, a little bit about that. It's really interesting that they're wrapping the priests and theologians into this conversation. And and this money, did it come from taxpayer dollars? Of course, it was NASA. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. So really interesting that this is coming out now since it was commissioned back in 2015. Right. Um, It looks like they're trying to, especially since the Biden regime has taken office, um, they've been doing some disclosures. You know, the Pentagon's been rolling out reports on UFOs and things like that. So it seems like they're gearing towards a new narrative or one of many new narratives and this being one of them. Gotta keep um, that fear alive. Right, right. <laughs> and then we definitely do- dove into the theological aspect of it, the, the priests, uh, the Vatican, the Jesuit order, and their obsession with the search for alien life for their own reasons, which is uh, very sinister. So it was an interesting conversation and definitely worth checking out if you guys want to uh, something to, to watch. Uh, later. Yeah, so so that link will be underneath the video. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> that was about all I had to say on that. Is there anything else you wanted to say on the? Uh, no, 
definitely go check it out because it is an interesting topic, especially uh, when you have the Pope, you know, saying that they would baptize aliens. It's quite a funny, um, yes, funny and intriguing topic on top of that. Yeah, so we would. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> this was years ago. I think it was like 2014. The Pope actually said he would baptize aliens. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of dove into that and broke it down a little bit more, um, and just talked about how sinister that whole thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting conversation. So. All right, so should we move on to the good news? Yes, let's go. Yes, the mixed bag of good news. The mixed <laughs> bag, yes, yes. So Maxwell, verdicts found guilty on five out of six charges. So this is good news. Um, there were six charges, uh, only one of them, which was count two, she was not found guilty on. Um, and this was the count of enticement. I can go through each of these counts and we can kind of break down and talk about um, our possibilities for sentencing. So um, count one was conspiracy to entice individuals under the age of 18, I'm sorry, 17, 17. to yeah. travel in interstate commerce with the intent to engage in illegal sexual activity. This pertains to Jane. Counts one through three pertain to Jane, the first witness, uh, victim, okay. um, to testify. So found guilty on this. Um, the conspiracy charges, from what I understand, and this comes from one of the attorneys who's been following this case closely, um, usually conspiracy tar- uh, charges are like tacking on five years to the actual act. Okay. So um, that's one of the smaller charges, the conspiracy charges. Count okay. two, she was not found guilty. Count three, again, another conspiracy charge. This one was conspiracy to transport individuals under the age of eight, 17 to travel and interstate commerce with intent to engage in illegal sexual activity. Found guilty on that, that again and that again. So now we have to entice them and to transport them. Right. Conspiracy um, on mm-hmm. those. on those. So another smaller charge may be about five years. And then we move on to some of the bigger charges. So count four, um, that's one of the bigger charges. It's a uh, transportation of an individual under the age of 17 this was for jane only um with the intent to engage in illegal sexual activity so basically this is like a a trafficking uh charge and she's found guilty of that uh so this is one of the bigger charges uh a minimum of 10 years up to life is what i'm hearing but um i yeah so Uh, That's one of the larger charges. Then count five is another conspiracy charge. This is conspiracy to commit sex trafficking of individuals under the age of 18. This pertains to Carolyn, which was one of the four victims who um, testified. And um, again, with the conspiracy, you could look at maybe tacking on another five years. Uh, Count uh, six is for the actual sex trafficking of an individual under the age of 18. Again, this is a pertaining to Carolyn. So that would be another uh, 10 years minimum. Um, so, so we're looking at 35 minimum. This is what I I came up with. But according to the um, the way that they add up charges, mm-hmm. um, it, it, I, it's not... Uh, some people Don't are lock saying, it down. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're looking at a bare minimum of 20 years. Others are saying up to 65 years in prison. Hmm. Um, so, but Max. Did they say when, when sentencing is? No. Um, so, sentencing, there's no date been set for sentencing yet. Um, it's likely in the next couple of months. It's going to be probably within the next, within 90 days. That's typical. Uh, okay. time frame for a sentencing. But Maxwell um, just had her um, her 60th birthday on Christmas yeah. Day. And so even if she gets the bare minimum of 20 years, 
um, she'll essentially spend the rest of her life in prison. Uh, right. but it's, it's then, looking like that. It's good. Right. But then, of course, there's the potential for appeals. And um, that's already happening. Um, there's the possibility that um, the defense is going to say, look, Judge Nathan pressured the jury to come up with a verdict faster due to Omicron. <laughs> so and that's true. Uh, so uh, earlier, Judge Nathan had said that the the jurors uh, would be having the, you know, Thursday and Friday, the New Year's holiday off and then as we were starting to approach it um judge nathan started remark making remarks about the severity of omicron and concerns mm -hmm. with that and then she changed it to no you guys are going to be working through um the new year holiday and even through into the weekend if you don't come up with a verdict right. and so that day then they come up with the verdict so uh it looks like the defense there's a possibility here um that the defense is going to try to um appeal on you know that um pressuring the jury or basically jury tampering um right. so we'll have to see um then there's the potential and i this is very you know outside chance of Will Ghislaine, um, will she start naming names? And I would love to see that happen, but I just don't, you know, think so. Um, well, it, I have it's a question a for you. Since you guys followed this case and I didn't, when they were talking about these charges, the transportation and enticing, of, of did they get into of transporting to who was it all focused on Epstein or did they say it had it was, to do with other people, but they were concealing that it was all focused on Epstein, Epstein. and Ghislaine. Okay. Okay. They tried so hard to keep other names out of this. And yeah, I, I know. I know. So I know uh, that they have sealed all the other names right now. And yes. the, the reason I was asking that obvious reason um, is because if there were arrests pending, that would be reason to seal. I mean, we know that we know the game here. We know that that is very, very unlikely to happen. And they're just <coughs> sealing it. And she's the fall guy for all of this. But, you know, in order to keep that sealed in the courts. But technically, if there were arrests pending, they would keep it sealed until then. And, um, so that's why I was wondering if the focus was solely on on transporting to Epstein. Transporting to Epstein, yes. And they really did try um, to, of course, there were some, a couple of name drops throughout the testimonies um, from the witnesses. Uh, Bill Clinton, Trump came up, um, um, Prince Kevin Andrew. Spacey mm. and Prince Andrew. Prince Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yes. Names we've all heard before many, many times. Right. But that was not what this trial was about. It was very narrowly focused on purpose to convict Ghislaine and to really cover up this massive trafficking ring. Right. No doubt. Um, yeah. so now, what's happening with the Prince Andrew case? Okay. So the prince andrew case um according to several reports following the galen maxwell guilty verdict apparently his lawyers were locked in emergency talks um over this conviction because um they're scrambling they know that um with a civil case the burden of proof is much lower and so they're a little getting a little worried reportedly um, about this. So um, the judge has ordered the release of a Jeffrey Epstein civil settlement. Uh, this was like a 2009 settlement um, between Jeffrey Epstein and Virginia Roberts Jeffrey. And this civil uh, settlement apparently um, is relevant to the Prince Andrew case. So 
this has been unsealed. Um, it will be released to the public. It's reportedly, let's see here. Um, January 3rd, Monday, is when okay. they're reporting that this will be uh, released to the public and what it will reveal uh, remains to be seen. Right. Um, so the um, defense for uh, Prince Andrew has filed a motion to dismiss this case and oral arguments are going to be heard on January 4th. So that's Tuesday at 10 a.m. And there is actually a public call in line. So there's going to be some hmm. more transparency, uh, it appears, on this case as opposed to the Ghislaine Maxwell case. And the toll-free number <laughs> is 844-291-4185. Or the international dial-in is 409-207-6997. Oh, yes. and then I guess we have a teleconference access code. Oh, boy. No one's writing this down, but I'll say it anyway. 152656. Pound. Pound. Oh, pound. You got it. Pound. Yeah, so call, call, call in. And check out the system. Yeah, yeah. But I have to <laughs> remind people that you're not permitted to record or broadcast, rebroadcast. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so. But we'll have more eyes on, it seems. We'll see if somehow the phone lines get sabotaged. Hopefully they <laughs> will not. Right. Oh, uh, So that's pretty much the update there. I think it's good news that Ghislaine Maxwell is going to be going behind bars, uh, yeah. it appears. However, obviously, this is not the end of it. And here, here's Virginia Roberts, Jeffrey herself, commenting on the Ghislaine Maxwell conviction. She says, my soul yearned for justice for years. And today, the jury gave me just that. I will remember this day always having lived with the horrors of Maxwell's abuse. My heart goes out to the many other girls and young women who suffered at her hands and whose lives she destroyed. And then she goes on to say, I hope that today is not the end, but rather another step in justice being served. Maxwell did not act alone. Others right. must be held accountable. I have faith that they will will be, and I hope for Virginia Roberts Jeffrey's sake, as well as many other girls, um, that they will be. And really, for the entire public, we deserve to know the truth about how many and who um, have been compromised under this massive um, sex child sex trafficking ring. That's right. I mean, Maxwell wasn't the big fish that we we're all after. I mean, we all wanted Epstein to go on the stand. We all wanted to see him face some justice for being the main ringleader for all this, you can say. But also um, the powerful people that were on the receiving end of all this stuff. I mean, yeah. They're the ones we really wanted. Um, you know, and if there was any fair justice in the world, we would see that already. But as we know, you know, they slipped through, they put this uh, patsy in to take the fall um yeah because I mean, we're, we're talking something... politicians and blackmail you know mm. i mean right. that's really the the not the bigger story but a big part of the story here and that's you know and of course another reason why they want this sealed yeah and why i don't think that maxwell is going to name names in a plea deal for a shorter sentence because it's um it's very clear that that she doesn't fear jail as much as she fears the powerful pedo mafia right. and what they'll do with to her. Um, you know, because I, I think that, you know, she's well aware there's a good possibility she's going to suffer the same fate as Epstein. Um, right. And um, it's likely her lawyers are just going to desperately appeal this, um, this. So we'll see. Right. Yeah. All right. That's about all, all right. for that. <clears throat> so... On to my long-winded ramble. Yes. <laughs> now everyone sit back with a coffee and Corey's going to take it. <laughs> Where to begin? Well, we already covered part one, so you can flip to part two, Edge. Okay. Um, yeah, so this is a nine-part series on the 2030 psychological agenda, obedience training for pre-K through adults, which is already... 
um, global with billions in funding, and they're looking for full control. And so this is sort of a, this is something that's been going on for years. You know, they started really um, changing out the education system in the 70s and um, have, have just really stepped it up over the past couple decades. And uh, so essentially we've all been brainwashed on some level. We've all been misled and given false information throughout our schooling days. Um, only we're seeing the lengths they're going now is, is really quite disgusting and they're not hiding it as well. And so they keep changing the language and repackaging it kind of like, you know, the eugenicists have done. And so on part two, what I'm showing, so I'm trying to break this down because it's, it's so complex and big. Um, they're all invested in this. And of course it all goes back to the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's. Um, but it's just so big that I'm, I'm trying to break it up as best as I can in sections. And it's funny because people will comment and say, well, you left this out. Well, what about this? And uh, it's a nine part series. I'm getting there. <laughs> so bear <laughs> with me. I've already got 95% of the research done. I'm working on compiling it and writing it up. Um, it's, it's time consuming stuff because I'm citing a lot of evidence. And so right now I'm working on part five. I was hoping to release it this week, but I found myself down a rabbit hole last night till four in the morning of really critical info that I need to roll into this. Um, so whereas I thought I was getting close to having it done now, I need to complete that as well. So, uh, part five happens to be on, you know, the U S department of education, HHS, CDC, all these other agencies that are in on this. And so part two, uh, part two and three, I posted last week and part four, I posted on Monday and part two is the, the programming, the, the main group who kicked off cell social, emotional learning. And they actually, um, started this gosh, bear with me. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going by a lot of memory here and my brain's all focused on part five right now. So, uh, it was 1994 and it's called CASEL, C-A-S-E-L. On uh, of course, as soon as I saw that it stands for the collaborative on academic, social, and emotional learning. And as soon as I saw that, I said, oh, aren't they clever? We know it's really representing castle. It's their castle mm -hmm. and sell the social emotional learning. They're just selling kids. So, but this goes way beyond kids. This is, this agenda is a psychological agenda on a global scale where they want a one world education system. And it is a lifelong learning. So it's a lifelong obedience training and they're building a workforce. That's what this is all about. Collecting data, data mining, doing analysis, training AI, artificial intelligence, um, you know, the virtual reality and augmented humans. And it, it's all leading to that. And so this is a form of obedience training where they're, they're all focused on the mental health and therefore COVID is the perfect doorway for them to push this through to where they are now able to scrape funds like COVID relief funds, because they're checking that box under mental health. So if you look at this diagram we have up here, what I'm showing is there's, so there's more than one ask, well, there's a lot of aspects to this, but to keep it simplified, we've got the cell program, which again, that incorporates every, all the programs and agendas out there having to do with the education system, whether it's the sexual crap they're throwing into it, the transgender stuff, this, the critical race theory, all of it. It's all like extensions of enrolled in under this whole devised plan of social emotional learning, which has like deep ties to Russia as well. And the Rockefellers, Eileen Rockefeller, which is the daughter of David Rockefeller, uh, started Castle back in 94 with, um, gosh, numerous people. I have them all listed in here. Um, and we'll get to that in a second. And so 
the other part to this though, aside from getting into all of the education pre-K through adults is the spiritual aspect, which is the next chapter. But just to kind of show what I'm talking about with this diagram here, the spirit, the collaborative on uh, spiritual spirituality and education that was founded by Stephen C. Rockefeller, which is Eileen's cousin. So these are fourth generation cousins here. Now they both have direct ties to the Fetzer Institute, um, the CSE, the you know spirituality and education. That one is actually uh, a collaborative with the Fetzer Institute, and. If you've ever looked into the Fetzer Institute, you'll understand why this is very alarming. Uh, it's very uh, occultish. <laughs> and then we have uh, Eileen Rockefeller on the side of Castle, which it's funny. It's a funny story how if you go through their website and you start getting into the history and then you read her autobiography you know it's painting different stories along the way and allegedly the whole idea was uh they came up with this while at the Fetzer Institute and of course the Fetzer Institute funds all of this as well to some degree and in actuality that's not how the name came about and how this all came about and so I get into the um I quote her from her autobiography and how this was all created because I feel like these are important little crumbs to have. And so you can, you can scroll down edge. It's so basically this chapter talks about the, the founders of castle and the history of it and how they created this whole framework and who all became involved with this and getting it into the education system they're really working the uh, policymakers hardcore. Of course, in chapters, oh, I think six and seven is where I get into, which is not published yet, the private funding, which is staggering, and the federal and state funding and legislation that's been going on. So they've managed to kind of keep this somewhat under wraps you know some parents started becoming aware of this last year when they were going and fighting the school boards on critical race theory critical race theory is like it's so tiny and minute compared to this overall agenda it's just like one little area underneath this um and so some parents started protesting against cells so there are there are some that are aware of this but you know how good they are with their language and sugarcoating everything and making it seem like this is all to help children with their mental health and um, behaviors and character traits and qualities. And it's, it's all about personality and training them to be obedient and to have a one mind, a one belief system, a global citizenship for their future workforce. So, uh, you know, I have, I have a quote in here by uh, David Rockefeller from, from Memoirs, which is Eileen's father, who said, some even believe we, the Rockefeller family, are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure one world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I am proud of it. So they don't, they don't hide this. They're just very deceptive in the language they use. Um, the last thing we need is the Rockefellers brainwashing the entire globe to become <laughs> subservient. Well, you know, I mean, the Rockefellers and the Carnegies were the ones that were so instrumental in, in building up the education system and funding the universities and funding all this in the first place. And, you know, Carnegie um, was involved in a, a lot of this with the whole, the U.S. Department of Education, which started, I think it was in 78, so, which, which is not even part of the constitution should have never been started on a federal level to begin with. Uh, we need to do away with it. So at any rate, um, 
so I get into the, the, some of the diagrams and the details here, because what I want, what's important for people to understand is they're not just trying to brainwash the children. They're trying to brainwash the parents. This is a whole family agenda. It's the whole child, the whole family, the whole community. And they, and they want the parents teaching sell their, their little skills here on social emotional learning even to go so far as smart devices that a child could wear where it if they're to emotion to regulate their emotions so it would like vibrate almost like a dog collar wow you know? and <clears throat> they want parents involved in this for a more holistic support system so while we're brainwashing the children let's brainwash the parents at the same time and let them believe they're doing great things for their children it, it, it's really as sick as it gets it shows you why they hate parents that speak up so much <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and if you start looking through oh my gosh i was <clears throat> i was up really late and i started i was finding some stuff on you know brainwashing tactics and some of the different thing the documents that date back to like 30s 40s 50s where they talk about how they're going to come in and do this to the education system and just they're so blatant about it back then they didn't try to like sugarcoat it <laughs> mm -hmm. so and that's what's still going on but if but in with some people they may look back and see that and be like oh that was decades ago no this is what they've been doing. It takes 50 years to change an entire system, you know? Right, right. And, and here you can we tell. are. And you can tell that they're definitely <clears throat> exploiting the pandemic as though it was pre-planned, right? Like this oh, yeah. is our this is our opportunity because we're going to move to a post-pandemic world. Right. right. Yep. Absolutely. So, so at any rate, I have the board members in here now. I, I didn't really get into the um, funding so much in this section. I mentioned a couple of things, but <clears throat> I'm going to have uh, the funding sections. I'm going to have a timeline section. I'll have the recap with everyone that's talked about in the nine parts will be, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of like I did in the digital um, identity series. Only this is, I've already exceeded over 300 names. I stopped keeping track. I'm like, I'm just going to have to write all nine parts and then go, you know, eight parts and then go in and, and read and pull the names because it's already over 300. I mean, this is, this is big. This is, this is being rolled out in 110 countries. It's already in um, all 50 states as far as preschool goes. And this is why they want the 400 billion in free preschool in this Build Back Better bill. So they've already got it rolled into like secondary, you know, some elementary, some states have it in high schools. So, and they, they want to build this, of course, they want to tie in the businesses because this is a workforce agenda. So we've yeah, already, this got is so far beyond, you know, mm -hmm. math, science, history. Oh, there's no academics involved in this at no, all. No, this <laughs> is how to handle ourselves, our relationships, our work. Yep. Um, this is, yeah, this is creating like a slave mind, a, you know, mm -hmm. a subservient mind, an obedient mind, just a, a worker force, like as you were saying. Right. right. And, you know, in 2016 is when they really turned up the heat. And that's when, so, so they've been working this in gradually, but in 2016 is when you can see they all got together and said, okay, guys, we need to kick this up 10 gears and make this shit happen now. And we need to get all the policymakers involved in the who and the WF, and we need to get everyone involved and on board with this. And boom, that is when lockstep, lockstep, billions of dollars started going into this. So <clears throat> to me, this is the psychological game of calling the population into the physical agendas they're wanting and this involves as as we'll see in part four this involves massive technology and brainwashing through ed tech um so so we can just kind of like you could just flip over to um part three i mean there's there's just these are so big there's too much to cover this is the part really i gotta yeah i'm really interested to hear more about this because this is disturbing creepy 
Yeah, this is this is creepy. This is the um, creators of the Collaborative on Spirituality and Education, CSE, which was founded by uh, Dr. Lisa Miller, which is the professor of psychology and education at Teachers College, Columbia University, where CSE's research and teaching hub reside. And with the Rockefeller Philanthropy Advisors and the Fetzer Institute. So this to me, um, all right, so let's see, where do I even begin? There, it, let me just let me just read a couple quotes to kick this off. So the CSC is planting seeds of social change and nurturing spiritually aware citizens and leaders for a new generation. In the past 20 years, there has been a growing national understanding that success and well-being require a whole child approach to education, social emotional learning, mindfulness, character education, values education, restorative practices, and other related programs seek to address the needs of children in a more holistic way. While much progress is happening through these programs, many leaders and educators are looking at how this work can be deepened and intensified. And you know, so, so they're involved with S, with SEL as well, social emotional learning, and and of course Rockefeller Philanthropy Advisors and Fetzer Institute also fund Castle. So this is this is a whole system working together. You just have the spirituality end and the false academics end. And so, let me just show you if we go down to the diagram, CSE's model. The, this is the the you know alarming part to me. And again, if you look into the Fetzer Institute, you'll see. You'll see why. Um, to me, this is like an occult wheel here. We've got uh, the 11 drivers of awakened school culture. And we've got ritual, promoting community. It's, it's actually, it's, let's see, ritual and, um, was it celebrations? Oh, no, they just yeah. call it ritual. Okay, promoting community, <clears throat> identity, and belonging among diverse staff and students through ritual and celebration. Inherent worth. Seeing, knowing, and valuing every member of the school community, integrated mission, vertically integrating a living and meaningful mission, aspirational values, holding aspirational goals inside and outside of the classroom. And they make it a point, just so people know, this is not, this is not limited to, in both of these cases, it's not limited to public school. This is in, they're trying to roll this all into charter schools, private schools, virtual schools, remote schooling, all of it. Um, and, and of course, through businesses, because you know businesses need people who have empathy and um, emotional intelligence, not just academics. So then we have, um, let's see, my favorite is authorized keeper, setting up a professional post for the embodiment and expression of core values, uh, transcendent, practice, cultivating practices that nurture and elevate an augmented form of awareness. Augmented uh, form of awareness. Mm -hmm. This is what they want is to augment the awareness. <laughs> I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what augment it, reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Augmented reality. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we've got, um, there, the projects, I couldn't even like figure out how to break this up at first because <laughs> when I started diving deeper into this and seeing who Fetzer Institute is funding, and then I find um, some other interesting cats involved in this, they've literally created a field now. So just so people know, the Fetzer Institute who pushes this whole, uh, you know, one world spirituality but we accept all religions crap is has been throwing millions and millions of dollars out every year for decades to research essentially how to manipulate people and then pay places to you know fund places to then integrate their systems so if they're so spiritual why are they having to pay to force us down everyone's throat so they created this new field called neurophilosophy of free will. Oh. oh, yeah. So in March 2019, the Chapman University's new brain institute 
received uh, 1.55 million from the Fetzer Institute and 5.34 million from the John Templeton Foundation, as well as another 150,000 from the Fetzer Memorial Trust to create a new field of study called neurophilosophy of free will. And they've involved um, all of your favorite 17 universities in this study uh, to determine, do we have free will? Are we in fact free to do what we wish? What is the role of consciousness in our decisions? I'm going to add um, one more question to that. How can we control free will? How can we eliminate free will? Right, right. Oh my gosh. So they have uh, how the brain enables causal conscious control of human decisions and actions. And they are testing whether human intentions are causally efficacious for our decisions and behavior. What is the specific role of consciousness when intentions guide behavior? And what, if any, is the difference between conscious control and deliberate versus arbitrary decisions? So yes, we can already see a path of where, where this may be headed here, especially when, when they're, one of their big key focuses on SEL is it has to do with decision-making, right. teaching them proper decision-making um, and How ethical. Right. How can we enslave the entire population into um, this system and where they're just automatons and have no free will? Right. Yep. And, and you're not allowed to have your own belief system. This is going to be a one world belief system. And I want to tell people digital identities tie right into all this crap because I'm one of the chapters in here. I don't even know which one anymore as um, measurements and data mining and um, what they're doing with all of that. So, so the other thing that Fetzer Institute is invested in is the Center for Healthy Minds University of Wisconsin-Madison. And coincidentally, listen, listen to the funders of this one. The Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, NIH, NCCIH, and NIMH, who also funds CASEL. I mean, this is like a tight-knit little group here. Um, they're funding the research and development of apps that train brains for well-being. So these are like, they're utilizing obviously smartphones here. And Richard Davidson, the founder of Healthy Minds Innovations, uh, says, disseminating practices to cultivate well-being and measuring their impact with mobile technology will become an increasingly important modality to address the global crisis and well-being that we are now facing. So they have already rolled an app out that um, trains you in mindfulness and awareness. And uh, what they say about this study, they say with widespread access to smartphones, experts are hoping to provide more accessible options that are well studied and effective to stave off symptoms of depression and anxiety, which are on the rise and a growing public health crisis. So bonus, I bet you Zuckerberg's metaverse will be featuring this brainwashing technique very soon. You betcha. Oh my gosh. The, uh, you know, and the, the Center for Healthy Minds is also funded, of course, by the Pritzker, Pritzker Family Fund. Um, they're involved in this because Castle is out of Chicago. And uh, so the Pritzkers are very involved in funding all of this crap as well. Uh, Gates, of course, phew, wait till you get to the funding section and see all, all the funding coming out of there. Um, so like, here's an example. The Gates Foundation was already funding the center 1.3 million back in 2012 for educational games to train eighth graders in social and emotional skills, including empathy, cooperation, mental focus and self-regulation. Yeah. How to become so is... a an automaton in their slave <laughs> workforce. Okay. 101. Yep. Yep. Brought to you yep. by the Gates Foundation. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. So if you go over to, um, to, well, just so you know, though, like this one app has to do with breathing and they take you through, uh, <sighs> I mean, to me, I looked at this and I'm like, okay, this looks like the entrance to Epstein's place on his island. And this looks like some MC Escher work here. What are, you know, 
these people, we already know what DARPA's done. We already know the technology out there, the ability to push things through frequencies, subliminal, all kinds of brainwashing happening through technology. And of course, when we go to part four, that's where I get into the WEF white papers, World Economic Forum, where they cover how they want ed tech. They want ed tech everywhere. They want this in, to incorporate cell into it. And just so people are aware, CELL is not a program, it is not a course, it is embedded into all curriculum. It is a whole new method of, of uh, well, I shouldn't say new, um, just more money is going into it and they're forcing it into more schools now, but they've been working on this for years. Uh, it, but it's an embedded system. It is a whole language of, of brainwashing. So, <clears throat> so the WEF, just to put this in perspective, 21st century skills, and they show students require 16 skills for the 21st century. 12 of them are SEL based, 12, which is again, all about behavior and controlling emotions and empathy and decision-making and being cooperative and all this. Uh, they put critical thinking and problem solving in there, but <laughs> I should right probably on, way down on the bottom. <laughs> I, I should probably do like a little translation for these words because I think that's where you know parents are, and I'm sure some educators, most probably aren't that stupid, but I think a lot of parents are getting lost with this because you know you look at some of this stuff from the surface and you're like, well, this is great. Our, I have a question. Are are Facebook fact checkers the ones running the critical thinking program, or uh -huh. <laughs> right? How does that work? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, EdTech, right? They, in according to WF's research, private investment in EdTech, EdTech increased from 1.5 billion in 2011 to 4.5 billion in 2015. I'm on part four edge. Um, oh, so wait, oh yeah, I, oh, you published yeah. part four. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I published part Ro four. I'm rolling it out five. right now. Here we go, mm, here we go, here we go. Corey, uh, <laughs> what? hard What's to keep track. I said you're smashing through it. I've been oh. very busy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so up to 4.5 billion in 2015. And then we have, uh, according to research firm, the research firm, the Learning Council, K through 12 districts in the US alone spent 35.8 billion in 2020 on hardware, software, curriculum, resources, and networks. Grandview Research Consulting Firm has projected that the ed tech market will reach to over 285 billion by 2027. They, they've already reached 76.4 billion in 2019. So, so in other words, phone apps, uh, smart devices, wearables, um, computer apps, you know, everything they can possibly come up with through technology to brainwash, not just the children, but the parents and the communities. Cause this is, you know, a whole community thing here. Uh, they're, they're, they're pouring their money into. And some of this, of course, is already out there, but but they're expanding it rapidly. And, um, you know, and then they have an ROI of, uh, <laughs> according to researchers at Columbia University, I love that it's Columbia University too, where, you know, their whole spiritual thing is working out of. In 2015, they determined that cell programs have a strong return on investment over long periods of time, stating that the programs generated an average return of $11 per $1 invested. They're building a workforce. They're gathering data. They are training AI. Uh, and so what I have in here in this part four are two white papers by the World Economic Forum. One is on new vision for education, fostering social and emotional learning through technology. And I pulled out all the key points here I, I referenced um, from the white paper and everyone needs to go in and read this. And then let me just read one, one quote out of this and, and listen to the language. They say, Skills can and should be taught at home, particularly to younger children. 
To play their part, parents must have the same social and emotional knowledge and skills that teachers require to make cell more effective. Direct interventions teach parents the techniques and skills to foster SEL in their children. Parents are taught to model, support, and encourage specific social skills. Holistic programs help parents become more effective by addressing a range of issues that affect a family. One such program is the Nurse Family Partnership, which uses home visits by nurses during pregnancy and infancy to help parents make decisions about health care, early childhood care, and learning opportunities. Yeah. All right. So basically, big tech and big government want to be the parents or the mm-hmm. nannies of yep. everyone from cradle to grave. That yep. sounds about right. Uh, that's the, see, I didn't even have to do a report. We could have just published that <laughs> sentence. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so they they want to expand the realm of the possible with wearable devices, leading edge apps, virtual reality. Um, advanced analytics and machine learning, and effective computing. I mean, we don't even need to elaborate on that. And and so, of course, you know, the World Bank, UNESCO, UNICEF, who have long been involved in all of this, are, are now creating this whole global mission here where they're going to help fund this program into schools. And that, of course, it's mandatory that the schools teach cell and that the, you know, the teachers are educated in it. Um, so I have documents here and here from that. And then the second white paper is schools of the future, defining new models of education for the fourth industrial revolution. Ugh. Wow. And our lifelong learning endeavor lifelong. I can't tell you how many times they've used that word for our digital citizens and global citizenship. It is crucial that schools also foster human-centric skills, cooperation, empathy, social awareness, and global citizenship that enable children to shape future societies that are inclusive and equitable. So I highly recommend people come in and read all of these to get all of the evidence. Once I'm done with all nine, I will do like I've always done and create a single PDF and put it in my bookshop if anyone wants to download it to archive it. I'm, I'm guessing, just guessing, it's going to be over 125 pages by the time I'm done with the whole thing. Whenever I basically- hear fourth industrial revolution, um, I just think of this enslavement system where the mm-hmm. machines are really taking the jobs uh, away from the people and the people, what are they, you know, what is their role um, in this new system that they're designing? It doesn't, it's so dystopian. I'm surprised with all of their word games, they haven't changed fourth industrial revolution because that's such a trigger. It is, it is, it's a very creepy phrase. Yeah. All right, so you were saying, I mean, you've got, a lot more coming out yeah if you scroll to the bottom it shows chapters um five through nine that i'm still working on writing up like i said i've got 95 percent of the research already done i just need to um compile it all <laughs> and write it up so i'm i'm about halfway through part five now i was hoping to have it done this week but i won't i won't be able to get it out until next week at this point all right so we've got some more to talk about. Gosh, this thing is so massive. And it really is. And, and the fact that, I mean, they're trying to create a, you know, a one world global education system. It's obedience training. It's enslavement of, of entire families, not just the children. It's some really, really creepy stuff. And uh, I'm going to get into... You know, there's there there are some debates on homeschooling. Um, I feel like I have a pretty solid one, so I'm going to save that for the conclusion of this. All right, looking forward to hearing more on this because this is massive, and definitely a huge part of their plan. I mean, they cannot implement these other aspects unless they have a compliant, subservient uh, population to go along with it, right? 
Right. And, and they're already the, the amount of tracking and analytics and data mining going on in this that's already been going on in the education system, but they've, they're really kicking it up. And I have no doubt they're going to um, build the digital identities into this on the children as well as the parent. It's another avenue for them to try to get, to get this done. And, and of course, any of the states, which we know California already has, I'm not sure if any, any other states have as of yet, to try to make it mandatory for the COVID jab in schools, they're going to try and, and push the, you know, ID passports, ID, digital identities as well, which is what we need to all avoid because that's how it's going to go into the whole money system. And, you know, this all connects. It's all just, just huge pieces of the puzzle that makes their end game happen. And so fortunately we do have some, a lot of states that have already put into law that you cannot mandate the jabs or you cannot require proof of the jab. Um, we all need to stay on top of that and everyone not comply and refuse to do these wonderful digital identities because it's just gonna, it's, it's gonna build out the end game of their system to have us, you know, boxed in and then foom, flip over the financial system. Right. It's like the infrastructure for all of the apps that they want to load into it, whether it's the financial or the brainwashing, uh, educational, lifelong educational brainwashing. Right. Yeah. So it's the, the door that opens to all of those possibilities for them. Right. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. And look at what the UK is doing. I mean, I just, just, uh, reposted l had posted it on on gab and i shared it on there the the links to their their government docs you know everyone i think most people are aware of the app that they were rolling out um over in the uk well now the government's saying this is going to be implemented in early 2022 and once we formalize the legislation in april this is going to be mandatory and they're showing all the data they're going to be collecting like this goes way beyond the covid jab which is what we've been trying to warn everyone of right. and they don't hide it they they literally list you know all the information that's going to be going into that it's it, it's going to be it's like everyone's going to have their own dossier and <laughs> And they're going to control access to everything and anything. So not complying is the biggest action everyone can take right now. It's amazing how the conspiracy theorists predict things <laughs> six months, a year, maybe even years and decades out. Right? And they're just so crazy until, boom, they get proven right almost every single time. Right. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, happy Ooh. new year, guys. I feel like mm -hmm. it's a marathon. He did. <laughs> that was a lot of information to trying to roll out that fast. <laughs> and I missed so many key points, but it is what it is. You got to go in and read it. We'll put the links under the video. Yeah, definitely yeah, check right. it out. This is going to publish on New Year's Eve. So happy new year's to everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2022 is going to be wild. Any predictions? Ooh. <laughs> I can't predict tomorrow. You want me to predict? <laughs> okay, I'll make a general prediction. They are going to keep going on with their sinister plans, and we are going to keep fighting back. Oh, you know what? We're, we're seriously, I mean, I know it doesn't feel like it a lot, um, but we're forcing their hand as much as they're trying to force our hand. This is a serious battle. And if, if people take a minute and, and, and take a breather and look at the whole picture and go, hmm, we're forcing them to do this, we're forcing them to do this, we're getting our legislators to fight this and that, um, we're not complying here, They're, we're, force, we're ousting them in so many ways because of that. And so uh, this is a serious battle. They're, they're, they're getting the fight of their life right now and we need to keep it up. And things like your your reports, 
um, when, whenever we shine light on and expose their plans, they're always left scrambling and having to switch up their plans to try to go back under the radar. So, um, getting that exposure out, getting, shining light on all of this information is a major step in the process and winning against their plans. So, yeah. All right. Well, happy new year guys. Thanks for, yeah. Thanks for joining Mm. us today on dig it with the speaker, myself, the sharp edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's digs. Please be sure to share this podcast. We're on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and YouTube. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.